Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a mini by Monday here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald hang and talk football with you for the next two hours. We'll certainly talk about an Eagle game that was played. It was played a good couple of days ago. It seems like it's in the rearview mirror, but uh, we'll certainly give uh, enough time to that. But look at what went down in the National Football League yesterday and look ahead. Damn, Johnny Mack, it's still more than a week away before the Eagles play. Not till Monday night yeah. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All of a sudden, we're like dying for Eagles football to get here, and then it goes back away again for a uh, too long a period of time because of the schedule makers. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, almost a super mini-buy because uh, you get the extra day on top of it. Um yeah, I, I, I don't like the timing of it. You'd prefer to have that mini buy later in the season, but it is what it is. And, you know, the Eagles can take advantage of it. Uh, you know, they're 2-0. and They persevered, but there's a lot of things to clean up. It's a good 2-0 and for a coaching staff because, uh, you know, not a lot of style points as a lot of people want, and you can nitpick and do all that kind of stuff. And Nick Sirianni even said that after the game on Thursday night. He said, you know, you can you can kind of. It's easier to correct things when you win, 
you know, people are more, they're not surly, they're not upset, their mood isn't ruined. So you can do some different things as far as that goes. But yeah, I mean, this team keeps persevering and and the expectations, that's what I say. That's what I'm concerned about. And I think about the dust up on the on the sideline between AJ Brown and, and Jalen Hurts and how Nick handled that and how AJ handled that. That that tells me this team's wound a little bit tight. Now Jalen, Mr. Twenty Five Year Old, uh, he handles it the correct way. And if everybody was on the same page with Jalen, including the head coach who's seventeen years older, wouldn't be an issue. But he got all salty and surly and things. It tells me they're wound a little bit tight. That's how I take it. And if you're wound tight, it could lend itself to bad things and bad results. And like you said, the 2-0. It might, might not be the most impressive 2-0. We'll look around the league at some of the other games yesterday and the teams that, like the Eagles, are 2-0, and they might have had more impressive wins. But the bottom line is standings are all the same. They don't have a style points column on the standing page. It just nope. wins and losses, and the Eagles are 2-0 College, you don't gotta You don't got to impress people in a room, in a boardroom. Right. Just get a win or a loss or a tie. And the Eagles have gotten two wins so far. But uh, let me ask you about easier on the coaches because of a win and, uh, again, uh, maybe not impressive wins and the like. They can put in more time. They can spend more time down at the NovaCare Complex. They can put in more work. The players can't because of collective bargaining rules and the way the Eagles have laid out their game plan as to how they prep for an entire season well in advance. Um, it's And I, I believe that both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai probably did put in some extra time during this mini bye week because uh, not perfect efforts by the offense or the defense the first two weeks. But the players are home watching football these past couple of days. No, they enjoyed themselves. Not, not, probably not. Certainly not Fletcher. <laughs> That's a great question. He does not watch football. A lot oh, of players yeah. don't. Some do. Some don't. Some do. But All I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't count on them sitting in front of the the, the TV for ten hours like the rest of us. If they don't, that that's certainly their choice. And uh, if they don't believe they can learn by watching others, okay, fine. I would tend to think that can't hurt and might be a good idea, but uh, I'm not going to tell Fletcher Cox that, or at least not to his face. Um, what is their schedule going to look like this week? They don't play till Monday night. They had the days off because they played on Thursday. Uh, are they going to get any extra time at the facility? Uh, how do you work out the little kinks in a 2-0 and start, but kinks just the same? Yeah, it's going to be a normal Monday night game week pretty much, and they'll get back. So they have some extra time from that standpoint as well because they have the extra day. But, uh, um, you know, it's going to be the – if it were a Sunday game, it would be completely normal, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um you know, Nick's going to talk today, but it's virtual. Um, and then they're going to get back on the field Wednesday uh, for an actual practice. Uh, so not that much different than a normal week. Yeah, it's more when you talk about these buys, as you mentioned, it's more about extra time for the coaching staff to try to, you know, figure out what they want to fix, what they're not happy with, things like that. And then you try to try to get it done with the players as, as best you can. But uh 
Yeah, it, it's it's not drastically different. Uh, as you know, Monday at eight o'clock, eight o seven. I do not have the official schedule, so I'm you know typical. But I I do know Nick is going to talk today, and um, they're going to be back on the practice field Wednesday. Um, so it's not that all all that different from a typical week. Understood, uh, but hopefully the coaches do get some extra time uh, to to work through some of the things. One of the things you can ask Nick Sirianni today, I can pretty much assure you, you're not going to get a complete and full answer because Nick believes in the competitive advantage. Uh, Eagles came out of the game on Thursday night a little banged up, and the biggest injury is Avante Maddox, who at least people are speculating has a torn peck. And if that's the case, it's going to be a lengthy injury for uh, Avante Maddox. And that that hits home with the Eagles because that's a spot where they don't have a given backup guy to come in and play. Mario Goodrich, young guy, got beat a couple of times in the game on Thursday night after Maddox went out. They used uh, James Bradbury there in preseason practices just to give him a look at it and give him a uh, a field for the position and maybe certain matchups during the year, they would have moved them in there. Johnny Mack, we, we're 99.9% sure Maddox is out for this weekend. It's probably going to be longer than that. What's the Eagles slot cornerback position going to look like? Yeah, I'm the, I'm on the phone with Chris Harris right now. Um, you know, it's interesting. That's a very good player, aging player. I'm starting to think about uh, the template of Linval Joseph and in, in, to a lesser extent in Dominic and Sue last season when they had multiple injuries at defensive tackle. You know, people forget the backup was Zach McPherson. They lost him in the in the preseason, so um, yep. they're down two nickel corners, and it's most likely Abante's done for the season. So this is long term. Um, and you know you have another option you have a number of options you could like if this were a typical nfl team in eight nine you know parity driven nfl blah 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 they're going to win some they're going to lose some i'd say just go with goodrich and try to develop the young player but this is a legitimate super bowl contender and i don't think you can just um sit back and and assume and I know a lot of people are going to bring up the Bradbury stuff, but to me, boy, that makes no sense. You're taking an all pro player out of a position that he's an all pro player at to move him inside. You'll be, yeah, you'll be a little bit better uh, than you would be with a good rich, but then you're affecting two positions, whether it's Josh Job on the outside and you start to go, what, what are we doing here with these moving chairs? You can move Justin Evans to the nickel. He played the nickel last season with the saints um, as an in-house kind of option. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can go, but the easiest way is to pick up the phone. Now, I don't know how much Chris Harris has left, but I did. Uh, he, he, I, I said, well, why is he not? He's 34 years old. So he just might have nothing left, but he did say back in May that he was specifically going to wait and try to figure out, a Super Bowl contender. Well, here it is. If he were serious, this is it. I mean, no, to me, I... it's 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 easy. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see how the, the Eagles go about it. 
again, maybe has nothing left. I don't know, but he was a damn good player for a long time and one of the best nickel corners in this league. I would certainly, at the bare minimum, kick the tires um, on that one. I would not be surprised. Well, first of all, I think he was being honest and serious, and he just decided, listen, do I want to go through a preseason if I don't have to? No, I'll just wait here, and I'll be ready. I'll keep myself in the shape that I need I, uh, I need to believe in. But maybe he's enjoying the downtime, and maybe well, he that's wants possible to wait till somewhere yeah. near midseason and says when he picks up the phone, it's Howie Roseman, hey, you want to come to Philadelphia? I get back to you about five, six weeks. Sound good to you? Hey, I'll, I'll be checking it right about midseason there. Uh, I want to get uh, Halloween with my kids out of the way first. But uh, November 1st, give me a buzz back and maybe we can talk. You never know. Uh, you, you throw out a very good name. A guy, as you say, has been a outstanding nickel corner and is probably on his last legs. But you never know. We thought that uh, Linval Joseph could have been done, too, when he came in and did a nice job for the Eagles last year. So I uh, wouldn't discount it, but until I hear that uh, he is interested in joining a team right away and getting up to speed right away and be able to play right away, yeah, he's a guy who's on the outside looking in. Good idea, but you got to get some uh, details on it as to whether he wants to play it or not. Um let me ask about Avante Maddox, because I've been a fan from the time that they drafted him. I thought he was a good pick where they got him, the talent that he was. He, he works his way into the starting lineup for the Eagles, plays well enough that merits one of the Howie ahead of time extensions. So they make a commitment to him. And the guy plays just too physical for his own good. He's not yes, a he big does. guy, but he's a, a physical player and a smart player but he also puts his body at risk and they pay a price almost every single year with some kind of injury to Avante Maddox. The Eagles make a mistake by extending him with a contract. If Avante Maddox is going to continue to miss significant time year in and year out. I mean, maybe in hindsight, I mean, that could have been the last play you ever see of Avante Maddox in Philadelphia. If you're uh, being, remember they signed, Isaiah Rogers, who's a nickel, kind of be nice if he could play, uh, but he's suspended for the year. Um, he might be the long-term answer uh, from their perspective as the nickel corner. Um, and we'll have to see how that shakes out. He's got to stay out of trouble, number one. He's got to stop gambling. <laughs> um, so who knows if he ever – but that's a talented player, and it was an interesting signing when the Eagles did it. Now you have another injury. Uh, with Avante Maddox, yeah, I mean, best ability is availability. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I've said that for a while as well. He's he's so physical at his size, and he throws his body around. And uh, you know, the injuries have started to pile up. So the Eagles understand it, realize it. Who knows? You know, maybe Mario Goodrich steps in and, and plays well and starts to develop and maybe he's in the mix. Um, and, and I mentioned Rogers for next year and you can save some cap space by moving on. So uh, there's a possibility uh, that they go in a different direction after this season. No doubt about it. Um you know, one name I should have mentioned, Josiah Scott, who's on Pittsburgh's practice squad. They might, you know, but he's on the injured list right now, so he's not healthy. So Is that he? Be, oh, yeah, I didn't that even know that. 
That wouldn't be immediate. He's on practice squad injured list, which is different from IR. Uh, but I don't know what kind of injury. I talked to somebody in Pittsburgh. They don't know because that's not stuff you have to admit on the official injury report. So I don't know when he's going to be ready, if he's going to be ready. Um, but obviously, you know, it's not going to excite people, but knows the defense, obviously knows, uh, played competent at times. A lot of different avenues they can go. But next year, yeah, I mean, you have to start seriously discussing. That could have been his last play in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's, which, that's, which is sad because I'm an Avante Maddox fan. I like the player a great deal, but he got to be able to stay on the field. And he just seems to find injuries every single year. And this might be the biggest one of them all if he's going to miss the entire season. And as you point out, John, it could be the final play that we see of Antimatic. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's back before the year is out. Hopefully he's back for a playoff run. But he's going to be out for a significant amount of time here in season. And Eagles are going to have to come up with some kind of replacement. So we gave you a couple of potential options to keep your eyes on. Um, a lot of other Eagle news we need to get to, uh, like uh, the fact that they do have some rookies that they're not playing. You, you mentioned moving Edmonds down into the slot per chance. Jo- Evans. Just uh, Evans. Evans, excuse yeah. me. What did I say? Uh, Edmonds. Edmonds, excuse me. Edmonds yeah. will surely be getting some time at safety, more time. If that's the case, we're assuming that Brett, uh, that uh, uh, Reed Blankenship is back this week. We going to see Sidney Brown at all? Uh, I, I, I went over this last uh, last Friday with you after the game when I saw how few snaps Nolan Smith played and how few snaps Sidney Brown played. When did the Eagles get overly nervous about playing rookies? Uh, is that is this a Sean Desai thing? Because uh, I think they've been giving. Well, rookies. they're not nervous with Jalen Carter. Um, yeah, uh, but he's a little bit different. I mean, he's different. He's yeah, with with. I mean, you saw it last year with Nicobe Dean. They didn't play Nicobe. Um, now they're very. It's 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 a similar thing. Now the the problem is. Could you know? I think people overstate uh, Kaiser White's impact on this defense last season. He was good. He was to me, he was an average player. Um, and could they have gotten more work for him? Um, yeah, they probably could have, but they felt that they were a Super Bowl contender. Why fix what isn't broken? And and they turned out to be right. They made the Super Bowl. Um, in the case of Sidney Brown, look, I talk about this scheme all the time. I do not like this scheme. I hope Eagles fans watched around the NFL last year, uh, yesterday with the Eagles not playing. So many teams play this bare front, 50 front, 40 front, big Fangio style defense, the blown coverages on the back end. I do not like it. But the main goal of this scheme is to limit explosive plays. Um, and when you have young players who are susceptible to blowing more coverages than even say the Eagles who didn't blow a lot of coverage last year, but they blew, (laughs) um, they blew coverages at the biggest moment. Um, but overall compared to other teams, they don't blow a lot of coverages. Um, they're, they're concerned about giving up big plays and, you know, they have a trust issue with with safeties and and corners and young players from that perspective. Here's the problem I have. 
they don't have great talent at safety without the, with the exception of, um, you know, I think Reed's got a, a good chance, ironically, as an undrafted kid to be a really good player. But other than that, I'm not impressed with – I thought Justin Evans kind of described what I said about Kaiser White. He's fine. He's average. He looks like a competent player to me. But the upside, you know, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson playmaker upside, I'll describe it as, is not there. Um, same thing with Terrell Edmonds. He's obviously competent. He started for five years in this league. But the playmaking upside's not there. Sidney Brown's got so much more explosiveness and burst. I would have played him. I would have played him, but they're worried about giving up explosive plays and mistakes, and they don't think he's ready. I'm thinking maybe this week that against a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, and hey, I'm not putting Baker Mayfield down. He's played 2-0, Bucks. It's 2-0 versus 2-0, Jody. It's a heavyweight battle. Almost 300 yards yesterday, and uh, yeah, you just make sure Mike Evans isn't the one who's going to beat you. I'm not afraid of the Bucks with explosive plays, so this would be a week that maybe, maybe I'd try and get Cindy Brown in there. Uh, we're still a week away from finding out if that is the case because Eagles don't play till Monday. But everybody else in the NFL, well, I shouldn't say that because we have not one, but two Monday night games tonight. Annoying. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll do a lot of recapping what went on around the National Football League next. Our buddy Jeff Kerf, CBSSports.com, who covers the entire league, will jump on with us. We'll surely talk Eagles with him, but also the rest of the National Football League in week number two. Steve, don't call me Steve. Jeff Kerr, NBA coach of the year, Steve Kerr. I, I wish I could give Kerr that kind of uh, payoff. Uh, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, coming up next with us here on Birds Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth 
It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You've got uh, the Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, here on Birds 365. We're joined by our Monday guy, Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. Uh, did you get out to a game yesterday, or did you sit in front of the TV like the rest of us with remote control in hand going from game to game to game to game to game? I had the 65-inch big screen down in the basement, Jody Mac, with three TVs all lined up. Uh, I got to use my NFL Sunday ticket package yesterday, and it was glorious. Uh, nice. Um, what is it? YouTube now. YouTube TV. Yep. That's the way everyone got to go. Um, I'm glad I'm usually at a game. But yesterday, yeah, it was a little bit uh, 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 weird uh, to sit and watch everybody. Uh, before I get into that with you, Jeff, I, I do want to bring up the Eagles first, and I want to bring up the the Avante Maddox injury. Jody and I were talking about to start the show. Um, so if I give you um, just keep moving forward with Mario Goodrich, move Bradbury into the slot, play Josh Job outside, move Justin Evans into the slot, play Terrell Edmonds, or – just pick up the phone and call Chris Harris. What are you doing, Jeff Kerr? You're Howie Roseman. I'm picking up the phone and calling Chris Harris. No disrespect to Mario Goodrich, but he was picked on a lot on Thursday night, and he will get better, but the quarterbacks the Eagles facing are going to target him. I, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and I know a lot of his uh, damage was done after it was 27-7, to 7, but you're going to pick on Mario Goodrich a lot. They picked on Josh Job a lot Thursday night. It's and these are young players, but if I'm the Eagles, I, I got to get a veteran in there. You, you got to get some depth at, at slot cornerback. There's no doubt about it. Johnny, do us a favor while I ask Jeff the next question here. See if you can get last year's PFF uh, ra- rankings. Yeah, it wasn't Harris. good. wasn't good for Chris. Yeah. Uh, again, at one point, he was a really good uh, slot corner. I don't know if he's got anything left in the tank. Um, I, uh, I just ran this by John. Let me uh, bring this up with you again. Something we discussed in segment number one, Sidney Brown can't seem to get on the field for any snaps. That's even with Reed Blankenship out of the lineup. The Eagles seem scared and or nervous to put him out there. Nolan Smith has gotten like 13 snaps in two weeks, uh, and hasn't played at all. And I'm not buying into the, Ooh, they're protecting his shoulder thing. Cause they're playing him on almost every uh, special teams coverage unit that you can. So if he's got a bad shoulder, then you just sit him. You deactivate him. You protect him. 
You can't say we're protecting them and then play them on every single special teams. Is it just, as John suggested, the Fangio defense? Is this Sean Desai being a little bit more nervous to play rookie players? Why do you think two guys who, again, going with what John tells me and all the other guys who are there every single day for the preseason practices, flashed at practice, made some big plays, showed up, showed off, they can't get on the field here. Why is that for the Birds' first two games? Well, my honest opinion is because they played two games in five days. And I don't think Sidney Brown was ever in the plans to play the first two games just because you play that first game in New England, you have a quick turnaround, and they barely practiced last week if they really practiced at all. So you're setting a game plan up not just for New England but for Minnesota too. Well, it's hard to get Sidney Brown or Nolan Smith into that that so-called game plan. I mean, now Nolan Smith did play a little bit against the Patriots. Uh, he was in on a couple third downs late in the fourth quarter. But overall, I did not expect either of them to play much. I didn't expect Tyler Steen to play at all. The only one I expected to see significant time was Jalen Carter, and you could see why. But I would bet at least Sidney Brown gets a lot, um, a lot more of a look uh, going into Monday night. Yeah, extra time. Who knows? This might be the week to take the shrimp shrink wrap off Sydney Brown. It is a road game though, but I think, you know, to Jody's point, it's, it's different. They have no problem playing Jalen Carter uh, because Jalen Carter's Jalen Carter. I think there's tremendous depth on the edge. So that kind of explains Nolan Smith, but Brown, I got trouble with because they don't have um, the kind of talent that they have at the edge uh, with safety. And I think he could help this team. So We'll see how quickly they can get them up to speed. Uh, you were talking about the games yesterday, though, Jeff. Um, I got to tell you, man, things can change, but the Dallas Cowboys look awfully good to me, man. Now, this league's about attrition. You just saw it with the Eagles and Avante Maddox. They could lose Micah Parsons. That would drastically affect their team. Tony Pollard would drastically affect their team. Um, a lot of things can happen. But when that team is up at full strength, as they are now, that's a pretty good stinking football team, Jeff Kerr. And they weren't even at full strength yesterday. They didn't have uh, Brandon Cooks in, in that game, and they still were able to put up 30. Uh, I'll say this with the Cowboys. Not that I wasn't impressed. I expected them to win that game yesterday, and I expect them to win big. I was actually shocked their defense gave up a long touchdown to Zach Wilson. I know it was a blown coverage and a missed tackle, but – I'm actually kind of shocked. I, I thought they were going to shut out the Jets yesterday just because the matchup in the trenches totally favored their defensive line against the Jets' offensive line. But Apple are good. Uh, they're a very good football team. But they're usually very good in September. And there's an interesting stat I found with the Cowboys. So 11 teams have outscored their opponents by six points out of the first two weeks. None of them made the Super Bowl. Mm. So maybe they can break that streak. Yeah, I got to eat some crow here this morning because I kept telling Cowboy fans I'm not sure that they're that much better. They did go out and get an upgrade at wide receiver and a cornerback, but I thought they took a step backwards at tight end, at play caller, and at kicker. Well, both of their tight ends caught touchdown passes yesterday. The Cowboys have scored 70 points in the first two weeks, so I'm having a tough time uh, putting McCarthy on blast. 
and the kid, uh, Aubrey, whatever the hell's last name is, kicked five field goals yesterday, one of which I think was 55. So the three areas where I thought they might have gone backwards, they did just fine the first two weeks out. So that's why, yes, the Cowboys. Have I, might, I might call the defensive player of the year voting after yesterday. He's got to stay healthy. But, boy, Mike is just, oof. The key, now, stat, but- the key stat for Dallas for two games is, and I tweeted this yesterday, like, seven takeaways, no giveaways. You're two and zero. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, that'll do it. And uh, yeah, the they kept uh, they haven't thrown the ball much down for, and maybe with Cooks out of line, that's part of it. But uh, it, it's nobody right now. Nobody looks like they can cover CD Lamb. He just gets open on almost every single play, and even if it's an eight yard pass, you let him run for five more. First down, move the chains, and the Cowboys are back knocking on the door for a touchdown. Uh, you mentioned you thought that the Jets were going to get shut out. What what are the Jets going to do? Because they can't in good conscience. Uh, I like Robert Sala. I watch. I know you're a hard knocks guy too, and I thought he was very good on it. But different coaches have different styles, and I understand different players need to be handled differently. Can they go kick in the pants to Zach Wilson at some point? Oh, he's growing. He's hardworking. He's got a great attitude. He works at it. He learned from Aaron Rodgers. He stinks. How about we say he stinks, and how about you tell him he can't stink, and how about a little tough love instead of another pat on the back after a three-interception game? What the hell are the Jets going to do with Zach Wilson? They shouldn't play him. If you want my husband picking, Judy, uh, you know, he was the worst quarterback in football the last two years for a reason, and he looked every bit of that in the second half yesterday once that team got down. And they got to do something. What does it say about Carson Wentz that he came in – get a phone call as far as we know he he can't get a phone call like he can't be worse yeah nobody even talks about carson uh, yeah. it's so, I, anytime I, you see anything about carson you know it's a plan from his agent yeah. oh veteran teams uh, teams waiting for it no nobody's reaching out to carson Wentz. no that's that, I, I i think you gotta trade for somebody i mean so someone's gotta be available james winston maybe you can't go with zach wilson the whole year yeah, you know, every once in a while, I'm going to play devil's advocate, but every once in a while, but by the way, I don't think people know how much the Philadelphia Eagles loved Zach Wilson coming out of college. They loved yeah, him they did. coming out of college. I mean, loved him. They thought he was going to be a star quarterback. Um, it, he threw that one pass to, I think it was Lazard on the sideline. Looked like a catch. He didn't get the second foot in ultimately and i think there was a penalty anyway so either way but just the throw it was like wow there's not a lot of guys Johnny, that can make stop, that throw. With, stop with the arm talent well arm talent's nice you got to be an nfl quarterback what i'm trying to say is what i'm the... trying to say is and i know it's jets i know it's close to you. what i'm trying to say is justin fields as well young quarterbacks got to be in the right situation i wonder what he would have been with Andy Reid. I always wonder that. I wonder what he would have, I wonder what Justin Fields would be with Andy Reid, even here with Nick Sirianni. And they have, you know, they had Shane, they had Brian Johnson, Kevin Petulo, all these offense. Boy, situation matters so much for young quarterbacks. And I think people go, Zach Wilson stinks. He does stink. Objectively, he stinks. On the field, Justin Fields, he stinks. But I really think those organizations did a disservice to those young quarterbacks. Am I wildly off base? 
No. Uh, I would have liked to see a guy like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields with Shane Steichen as well. Uh, my issue is, too, Nathaniel Hackett. I know that's Aaron Rodgers. He stinks. Guy. He stinks. Yeah, he should not be a coach in this league. I'm sorry. He was terrible in Jacksonville. He was terrible in Denver. Russell Wilson is amazingly better all of a sudden at playing football, even though the Broncos are rowing too. He's still amazingly better. And the Daniel Hackett, that play calling yesterday was atrocious. I was just as bad as Zach Wilson of quarterback play. But I would like to see these guys in a different situation, but we all know that's not how it works. You got to be able to perform. Uh, it, it, how'd Trey Lance work out with an offensive genius out there in San Francisco? Uh, I don't think Trey Lance is good. Well, there you go. So maybe it's the player. Maybe it's not the system. Maybe it's not the offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm guaranteeing you that the Jets offensive coordinator did not call for a pass directly to a Dallas defensive back yesterday. Zach Wilson threw it directly to a Dallas defensive. No, I mean, there's levels, like there's levels, but my, like like, offenses or defensive, you got to be able to throw it to your teammates, not to the other team. uh, There's, there's levels, obviously Andy, Andy couldn't turn Kevin Cobb into Patrick Mahomes. There's obviously levels, but what I'm saying is, you know, Kevin Cobb had that 300 and all of a sudden the concussions, he was going in a positive direction. They're going to be a little bit better if they're in good situations. Now, maybe ultimately they fail. In the case of Trey Lance, I mean, the guy never played. That was, I think that was more of an evaluation uh, aspect. He never played. <laughs> and they just fell in love with his traits. Um, so I, I think I look at more evaluation. It's always an individual situation. And he probably would have feel, failed here. But I just bring it up because the Eagles loved him. Loved him. And the Eagles are a good organization. So it's not like he doesn't have talent. That's all I'm trying to say. This is my issue with that game yesterday, and Jody will probably agree with me 110% on this. Brees Hall gets five touches. David Cook gets five touches. Brees Hall gets four. Do you know who your quarterback is? Run the ball. Well, you got some Dalvin Cook experience. Great player for you, but he's going to fumble in big spots. It wasn't even a big spot, but... You know, the game was over by that point, but that's frustrating. You know, when you're getting the ball, that's a veteran player getting the ball. And granted, it's Micah Parsons, but getting it ripped out like that, that's not acceptable. And that's been going on for years. Brees uh, Hall, yeah, you know, you get behind and that's, you know, but he should get the ball more. No question about that. Well, my, I think Micah Parsons is on Brees Hall a little bit yesterday, too. I, that wasn't uh, by accident. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, Cowboys were in uh, heavy boxes all day long. They dared the Jets to throw the football. If you don't believe the guy throw the football, you put nine in the box and go, yeah, go ahead, run. And that's what the Jets, and they realized, uh-oh. We can't run the football. I guess we're going to have to let you Zach know, by the it. way, that's what he did. He threw it to the other team. Like he always does. If Gardner gets that pick six, the, the jets lead the game, right? What, what that would have been amazing if he pulled that in. Cause that was an easy pick. Did you six see what happened with Gardner yesterday? He kind of shut down social media. They were getting, they were getting on him. A bunch of Cowboys fan accounts were saying CD lamb owned him. And I actually looked up the stats when Gardner was the primary defender. He only allowed 19 yards. It was five to six, but it was only 19 yards. And 
Lamb only had one catch off them. So those stats are yeah. Mis- fans are often wrong, Jeff. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Cowboys fans are really often wrong because I tried to argue with them. Like, this is why I gave up talking to fans. By the way, it has nothing to do with Eagles fans, Giants fans, Commanders fans. It's their fans because they think I make up air yard stats. I said, and I even showed them the picture. It's right there. Oh, I don't believe it. You're making that up. You're putting it in. Uh, fine. You know what? Make up what you want. I don't care. Mute, mute, mute. mute. Oh, there were a mute. lot of mute. And you know yeah. what? It, it's funny. I was actually defending Gardner and Prescott at the same time, and they still thought I was going after Prescott. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. I mean, fans are going to get them. You know, they like their teams, and they're going to – they want to hear positive things about their teams. Well, then which, they, they, they yeah. can listen to Spadaro if they want to. Yeah. Exactly. If, exactly. If they need to hear eagle positivity. I get you. All right. Uh, yeah. Not only did the Cowboys look good in their first two wins, the Commanders also two and zero. Oh. When it's yeah, when we got to get Kratz on Kratz to talk about on. Sam Howell, baby. Oh, Round man. four. Uh, Ed, Ed Kratz was in his element in that second half yesterday. Yeah. I, I got to give Sam Howell credit because he did play yesterday. They rallied from down eighteen points. Giants rallied from down twenty-one points. Um, the commanders actually look at, and, and I wasn't watching the game. I was watching uh, the red zone. So they're jumping in and out of it. Uh, but they, they were passing the ball effectively. We all think McLaurin is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the national football league. Once again, the NFC East, and they have to have had a loss because the Cowboys and the giants played each other seven and one out of the gate for the four NFC yeah. East team. Is it the best division in football again, Jeff Kerr? Last year was the only division that had three teams that won a playoff game. Remember, the Giants won a playoff game. The Cowboys won a playoff game, and the Eagles, of course, won two to get to the Super Bowl. We Eagles still in the best division in the National Football League? Yep. So my overreactions, reality checks piece that comes out every Sunday night right after the 425 games, I – I write them really quick because it's whenever thought comes to my head. I said, you know what? The NFC East is the best division in football again. It's reality. Like you said, they only have one loss because they two teams played each other. I know it was a 40 nothing game, but now, yeah, well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes. Now I think the NFC East is one of the best, and it might end up being the best. But I mean, you look at Washington now, they barely beat Arizona and they barely beat Denver. Two, you know of the bottom beaters of this league, at least on paper. Um, So I'm not going to say that's a great football team. They just happen to have an easy schedule. They've taken advantage of it early in the season. I'm, I'm very impressed with Sam Howell. I'm more impressed that Chase Young's finally back and looked like Chase Young. Now, if that happens and you have Young and Sweat and Allen and Payne, uh, they might be better than people expect. Montez but... Sweat had 14 pressures yesterday. That's more yeah. than the entire Jets team has through two games. I was watching the end of that game, the end of that game. So I didn't see the whole game. Sweat and Young were basically meeting at the quarterback every yeah. single snap. That was it the was whole game, John. That was the whole yeah. game, John. The, the whole yeah. game. And I'll tell you what, I love Biennemi's offense. Uh, Biennemi could call some plays. I mean, it, it was okay. The run's not working. We're going to test it this secondary, especially after Kareem Jackson decided to basically knock out Logan Thomas. And it's like, okay, we're going to throw the ball and we're going to test these guys. And 
I think, I think I think Washington is better than we all expected, but I can't say they're a great team right now beating well, Arizona. I, I have Washington as a playoff team going Barely. into the season. I think Barely. Washington's going to win nine, ten games. I, really I, do. I had Green Bay as a playoff team. I still now they lost uh, in Atlanta, who's another two and zero team. They they but blew I'm, it though. Uh, these it. young quarterbacks, I'm most impressed with Jordan Love. I am. I think but he can play. Jordan Love is good. I, I, I'm going to say that right now. I don't know what happened in that fourth quarter, but for some reason, Green Green Bay and Mike LaFleur just decided to, okay, uh, oh, Matt LaFleur, sorry, that wrong LaFleur. But um, they just decided to be as conservative as they could and said, there's no way Desmond Ritter is going to beat us. Well, he did beat you because he could beat you with his legs. And the fact, I love what Arthur Smith did did yesterday we're gonna go for a fourth down because i got b john robinson that you don't and you're gonna have to stop him behind jake matthews and chris lindstrom and my offensive line and it worked every single time i i loved aggressive arthur smith yesterday yeah jeff Curry. despite deandre swift going for 170 plus the other night looked damn good should have been the number one back week number one but uh we could argue that another day we will argue it if kenny gamewell somehow gets more carries than him in week number three but we'll, we'll give the coaching staff the rest of the week to figure that one out how big is the percentage of eagle fans who are going this week told you, you should have taken Bijan robinson I even mean, though I they got the bet uh, to- uh, uh, nah. they, they- <laughs> well, john mcmullen did you not say on this show Bijan 365. Yes. Did we not talk time. about Bijan to death? Did you All not call the Eagle fans on the carpet for talking Bijan, Bijan, Bijan? All the time. Every day. They all disappeared. Every day. And they all went away and moved to the West Coast. I hope. Think there's still some of them here in town. Well, maybe they I'm, I'm, I I yeah. I'm being too optimistic. But now that they've seen Jalen Carter, I think they realize the the error of their ways now maybe i'm being way too maybe i'm giving people too much credit because you're right people generally like skill position players they like the sexy players to me the other back they have algier is the guy that 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 pushes the pile he doesn't have the wiggle um yeah i mean if if Eagles fans still want Bijan Robinson over Jalen Carter, they should be ashamed of themselves. I, I tell they you don't what, know what's going just, on. Just saying, there are some of them out there, and they're still. Well, probably you're, you're probably right. Home. You're probably right, but those people should be ashamed of themselves. The Falcons <laughs> did an excellent job drafting Bijan. I know everybody goes, "You can't draft the running back in the top." 10. I get it, but man, does that work for them? Because of that offensive line and that run block, and it's. That is going to be hard to stop all year. And now you got B.J. Robinson making Darnell Savage, of all people, mi- missing him. And a fourth and one, he just takes a toss and goes 13 yards. I, You know, I, I even said yesterday, man, he would look good behind the Eagles offensive line. But I, I'll take Jalen Carter any day. Well, here's why the Eagles don't need B.J. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if Bijan Robinson walked into the Novacare complex, he's obviously the best running back. All due respect to DeAndre Swift. Could you imagine Bijan Robinson getting 133 yards before contact? What would the final number be? Oh God! He, he, he might be pushing Peterson at whatever it was, 290. What? 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 296. Was it? 296. That was the Chargers game, right? Was that yeah, the game? The did? Chargers game. Yeah, 296. Yeah. Um, yeah, could you imagine him with 133 yards before contact, before getting touched? 
Boy, that would be scary. Uh, I'll tell you what. Bijan is already a top five running back in the NFL, John. He he is. And I've never I've never doubted the kid's talent. I said it's not value. And and from the Eagles' perspective, I cover the Eagles. I know how the Eagles think. They're not taking a damn running back at eight overall. Nine for them, it would have been ten. And luckily for these fans, the Bijan truthers, they never got the opportunity. If you think they were taking Bijan Robinson over Jalen Carter, you don't know a thing about this organization. A and thing. they just traded and, and, yeah, they, and they just let, traded a fourth round pick for DeAndre Swift who balled out last week. Yeah. Quick question, John. Um, did the Eagles get every decision they make right? No. Okay. But they believe it's about what they believe. I and, understand, but my point is. Howie Roseman, you're telling me, would not have picked B. John Robinson at number nine. He whatever. would not That's have picked him. Does that mean that B. John Robinson doesn't deserve to go at number nine? Or just the Eagles believe he doesn't go The at Eagles nine? don't believe he right. deserves to well, go at The Eagles nine. can be wrong. They're not often wrong. They hit at a higher they're, percentage they're than a whole bunch of organizations. All, they're wrong a bunch but of they times. they do not bat 100%. It's very, I got to cover Adrian Peterson. It's very hard for me to project Bijan Robinson as a better runner than Adrian Peterson. All around because back, I've though? never all around, maybe better runner. I've never seen a better runner than Adrian Peterson. I think you got to go back to Jim Brown. That's uh, pretty to find good a when you're better. a rookie, when you're comping a guy to a, an undoubted Hall of Famer, first round hall, first round ballot. That's pretty good to be able Adrian, to jump Adrian into Adrian Peterson the led the league in rushing his rookie year, didn't he? Yeah. I, I I love you, Jody, but you're not letting me finish my point. My point is, yes, I'm in hindsight. I saw Adrian Peterson at his level, and it didn't freaking matter. It didn't freaking matter. You can't – and that was even – it was more geared toward – he won the MVP as a running back. It was still more geared towards more teams felt the running game was important. Now it shifted even further. If you're building a team around a running back, you're doing it wrong. Now, could the the, the Eagles, by the way, forget about Jalen Carter. Who was who was the defensive tackle picked after Jalen Carter? I they, they might have taken Nolan Smith of, 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 at 13 overall, where they started. They didn't start at 13. Where did they start this year? Well, 10. After- after Carter, it was what right then Pierce Skaronski, then they they might have went offensive line. They might and they might have made a mistake. I'm not saying they wouldn't have made a mistake by taking a different player than Carter. And luckily, the rest of the league allowed Carter to get to the Eagles. And they they might have taken a lesser player. They weren't taking a running back. Period. End of sentence. That's not what they believe in. And that part, I believe they're right. I believe they're right, especially now with their offensive line. Again, you just saw DeAndre Swift get 133 yards before contact. And that quarterback and the manipulation of of spacing and defenders. I said it all all spring on Bijan 365. This team doesn't need Bijan Robinson. Other teams probably do need them. The Falcons needed them, and they had Tyler Algier, and they still needed them. But you know they're not going to win anything with with building not a team Desmond around Ritter. a running back. 
Desmond Ritter was awful yesterday, by the way. I yeah, mean, he showed up he's in the not, fourth quarter. He's not great. He's not great. No, he through four picks yesterday. Yeah. All right. The, the only point I was trying to make was if the Eagles decided that B. John Robinson wasn't worth the pick that's high, that high, and, man, they take Jalen Carter, you can't argue with the results of the pick the Eagles made, but it doesn't mean that B. John Robinson wasn't worthy of a pick that high. The Eagles might not have Eagles. The Eagles may evaluate running backs that way. It doesn't mean that other teams in the league can't say, yeah, we'll take them here and then prove to be, have it prove to be a good pick. I think the kid is that talented. The Lions are the running back at 12. I mean, they, yeah, there's a lot of teams that don't think the way the Eagles think. I mean, there's a lot of teams. Uh, now, the problem is, if, if say, the Bears came to their senses and took Jalen Carter um, – and the Eagles were left to make that decision, which they, you know, weren't because Atlanta took them. But then you start talking, would they have taken Bijan Robinson or would they have taken uh, Peter Skaronsky or, or Lucas Van Ness or insert name? It could be Darnell Wright. It could be Broderick Jones at positions they value. Could have been Gonzalez. Then, yeah, then you would have had a controversy. Because they would have taken one of those other players. Might have even been Nolan Smith. They love Nolan Smith. Uh, Christian um, Gonzalez it, is going it, to be... Except uh, they won't put him on the field for the first two games. I, they, they may love him long term. Yeah, but they it's don't about love him more now. than Yeah, it's about more than one year for them. But uh, my, my whole point is they probably would have gone... Not probably. They definitely would have gone in a different direction. And then there'd be a huge controversy because they'd be getting a player who wasn't Jalen Carter and then Bijan would be Bijan. And then it would have been a huge controversy. But I, I think most Eagles fans are savvy enough to know they made the right decision. And they never had a chance to get Bijan anyway. So the whole point was. Really yeah. Yeah. All right. Bijan came off the board before they, they ever selected, but um, I'm with John that they wouldn't have taken him, but that's Eagles. And I just, it, it, it annoys me to people that you can't take a running back that high. I think a year from now, I think two years from now, I think five years from now, we're going to look back and go, yeah, that was a nice pick of B. John Robinson at number. Where'd he go? Nine? Eight. Uh, eight. Right. And Eagles went nine. Yeah, I think he's going to merit being the eighth pick in the draft. Eagles might not have taken him, but it doesn't mean the National Football League can't say that he was meritorious of that pick. Now, Gibbs at number 12, that's something we can keep our eye on going forward. I think he's kind of a swingback guy, and you don't take a swingback at number 12. All right, uh, Jeff Carr, one other team I did want to uh, get your thoughts on was San Francisco 49ers, also 2-0. and uh, Easy win against Pittsburgh yesterday. Um, the, the Rams hung in there. Talk We give the Eagle fans credit all the time because they take it on the road and they uh, take ownership of stadiums. Well, that was San Francisco's house yesterday in L.A. It always is when they go there. Always and I, you know who I got to give an attaboy to? Roger Goodell. He gave special dispensation for both teams to wear their home uniforms. They allowed the 49ers to wear red and the Rams to wear blue because it was a quasi home game for both teams. And the 49ers go ahead and win and uh, uh, get out to a 2-0 and start. So for those who said Eagles, Niners, Cowboys drop off. Yeah, I said Eagles, Niners, and then the Cowboys weren't that close. Uh, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe I got to give them their credit. These three teams are the best teams in the NFC by far, are they not? Oh, yeah, they, they clearly are. Now, I do worry about the 49ers with, with this. They're really burning 
Christian McCaffrey up early. I know you want to win football games, and when Christian McCaffrey's on the field, you got to give him the ball. But you also have Debu Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle. You don't need to be running Christian McCaffrey this much early in the season to beat the Los Angeles Rams. But I think the Rams might end up being a little better than maybe I thought they were going to be. I, I thought they were going to be like – They're already better than yeah. I thought they were going to be. How yeah. about this kid, Nakua? Uka Nakua. I drafted him Lord. in every league, every fantasy league this year, John. And I got 10 dynasty leagues. I'm cashing in on him, baby. Very nice. Started. 15. I had to start a week one because I had a bunch of injuries. And he ain't coming out of the lineup. Oh, that 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 might they might have something when Cup comes back and and they have both of them. Um, all of a sudden, yeah, I got to give uh, Sean McVay a little bit of credit for scheming that up. And Matthew Stafford looks healthy; he can still play. So they're probably that's a game that you thought, oh, the Eagles will kill the Rams. All right. Uh, did did you see different. they bench Cam Akers like he was in the game plan all week? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're, not play, you're not playing. Yeah, something's going on there. But, uh, you know, they'll probably trade him to uh, Kevin O'Connell. And, uh, um, uh, yeah. Minnesota. By the and way, then, poor, poor Alexander Madison. Uh, that's disgraceful. Uh, yeah. I, I, people are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a football game. I mean, he played poorly. You could say he played poorly. That's so fine. So the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's disgusting i i you know and oh by the way on sean mcveigh who the eagles have coming up in just a couple of weeks you can yeah. play the rams a little bit tougher than people expected might That's be tougher but let me ask you a question about yesterday's game four seconds to go down 10 points the rams line they up kick, for baby. a field goal <laughs> and the spread on the game was either seven or seven and a half luckily i had it at seven uh, but I, I was ready to cash that ticket, and he's kicking a field goal to cut the deficit to seven. Hello, hey, you it, lost, John McVay. What the hell the are you thinking? Who on the, in that organization or what prominent member bet on that game that Sean McVay had to cover for him? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, who knows? You might be right. You might be right. Maybe, maybe you got a call from, maybe you got a call from a burner phone. Oh, that's not Arizona, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the GM got word. Hey, can I, can I mention something? How about Jonathan Gannon and his halftime speeches? That, that fire in the gut must not be working because they're, the they're fire in the gut. They're I didn't gut. see the half. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. He had, they had like a Cardinals all access thing, and I was on the, the all city version for Phoenix, which has been established for a couple of years, and we were kind of making fun of the whole fire in the gut thing. Uh, <laughs> I did that. Of- you know, they should probably um, they should probably stop doing those things. Especially for, him, it's uh, his face is priceless when Daniel Jones is just kind of torturing. I'm like, dude, you, you were torturing Daniel Jones the whole first half, and now you're letting him just do what he wants. You're just letting him go deep to Jalen Hyatt. Like, wh- what do you tell this team at halftime? The Giants were outscored 60 enough through six quarters, and you let them win. Yeah, I, I, I look, I'm, you know, people are going to get on me. I'm, I'm not, it, the Cardinals are terrible. Let's make no <laughs> Ter- mistake terrible, about it. Terrible. They, they have the worst, <laughs> worst roster in the NFL. I mean, what, what, what are we talking about with coaches allowing them? They don't have any players. It's astonishing they were up 28 to seven. I look at the other way. What are the Giants doing? 
to get down 28 to seven before they wake up and, and, and you start to think how bad are the, the New York giants. And luckily they came back to win the game. I, I mean, this league is about players, 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 players. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, coaching is more important than any other professional sport. But this assumption that so-and-so coach lost the game or this coach won the game. You got to have players, man. You got to have players in this league. Players should still be able to hold the 28-7. Does the Cardinal offense have no shot because Jonathan Gannon is their coach? No shot. They have no shot because they have hired an offense. They have no, they have nobody as their head coach because a defensive coaching hiring seems to be a massive mistake in the national football league. Yeah. And I, I believe that I would never hire a defensive coach, Uh, including Gannon, your boy Gannon should not have gotten a head coach. I say all the time, I would never hire in this era, look at Chicago. You just finished saying the Cardinals lost because they got lousy players. Well, which is it? Does the coaching win games or do the players win games? The players win and lose games. Do you okay. think the Bears have lousy players because they so have a defensive Zach, coach? In other words, Zach Wilson sucks. We can all agree on that. That that we we can all agree Zach Wilson sucks. But it, again, it's not when I say players win games. It's not that coaches can't help players. Coach, good coaches make players go a little bit farther than where they would have went themselves. Um, bad coaches, on the other hand, turn them in a negative direction. I'm not saying there can't be a bad coach. There, there's very good coaches. We know who they are. And they, as I said, the, the problem is, like people say, Bill Belichick stinks because he can't win without Brady. Well, Bill Belichick, the GM, might stink and make make some bad decisions. It probably should give that part of it up, to be honest. But Bill Belichick, the coach, is going to get more out of his group than you are. That's that's how I feel about good coaches. Uh, the Patriots' so if defense, he's, by if the way, he's is in, really good. If he's oh, in really. Arizona, he's going to get more out of that shitty group than Jonathan Gannon is. But... He's not going to win a lot of games. That's what I believe with coaching. You need, Nick Sirianni says it all the time, bless his heart. Show me a good coach. I'll show you a bunch of good players. Because you cannot win without good players, no matter how good a coach you are. That's my belief on coaching. I agree across the board on that one. Play, play, coaching is important. It trails way back in second place over the talent that you're trying to coach on a week-in, week-out basis. All right, Jeff Carr, what do you got for this week? Uh, what are you doing next weekend? You doing uh, Eagles or you got a game to go to next Sunday? So I only got to be going to a game Sunday. Um, I don't think I'm going to Tampa Monday either just because of the quick turnaround. Uh, yeah, m- Monday night games are kind of tough. So I- I'm pretty much going to have another NFL Sunday. Um, live blogging for CBS, writing all the national stuff and 
I'll be back when they play what Washington week four, John. Um, yeah, I haven't looked ahead. I listen to Nick Sirianni. I don't look ahead. I got to look at the schedule. Man. Uh, you I'm all about the, Tampa. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Got to keep the main thing. The commanders. Main thing. Uh, that's right. All of a sudden, the that's commanders a tougher are a game challenge. than, yeah, that's a tougher game than, uh, and that and the Rams, by the way, a little bit tougher than expected. It, it, it's funny how, and by the way, Tampa Bay is as well. Everybody's yeah, like, oh, easy. Uh, yeah. Remember, guys, Eagles don't play anybody. That's what they'll tell you. They don't play anybody. Right. But when I looked at the Eagles' schedule, I thought their first uh, game where they truly be challenged was the Jet game. Not if Zach yeah, Wilson's the quarterback. Yeah. Won't be much of a challenge at the Meadowlands. Yeah. I've already gotten a day off to go watch that game. They got a nice bye week before they play Dallas. Hey, yeah. All right. He's Jeff Kerr. Thank you very much for hopping in with us. Uh, we will talk bye to you again week. next Monday. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> See you guys. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. He's disrespecting the uh, the the your Jets, Jody. Oh, I'm disrespecting my Jets. What do you mean him? Who cares what he says? I'm disrespecting. Zach Wilson stinks. Traits, well, he does. Traits he does. and arm talent is something I don't want to hear about Zach Wilson. I don't care what your pre-evaluation was. I don't care if the Eagles like Zach Wilson a ton. Guess what? The Eagles would have been wrong. Would Zach Wilson have been better with the Eagles, with better coaching, with yes. better offense? Yes, that's sure. my belief. Guess what? Not good enough. I, do you think Zach Wilson, in the same situation, could ever have the kind of year that Jalen Hurts had last year? No. Jalen Hurts was the second-round pick. Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft. I'm sorry. The guy can't play. He no, can't and, play. And, and the better uh, comparison to me would be Justin Fields, because I think Justin Fields could be a good quarterback in the right situation. I don't necessarily think that about Zach Wilson, but I do think there are a lot of situations he'd be a lot better. And, you know, maybe a competence is such a big thing in this league. Um, maybe a, a Baker Mayfield type starter, but I never think he'd be good. Um, Justin Fields, boy. You know, somebody could have got him up to speed processing and saying, look, you know, you got to work on this. You got to work on that. You got to speed everything up from day one consistently. I think he could have been something. Now, I, I don't. I think he's I think the die is cast on him as well. He's going to make plays because of his athleticism. Um, but I think they've ruined him. And well, I think but organizations who was, who was his coach first year? They had uh I'll tell you it was Matt Nagy, who Andy Reid has got given the blessing to by bringing him back as his offensive coordinator. They had Matt Nagy, he stung too, and they moved on from him. They went they well, they shouldn't have moved a on. A defensive guy. Matt Matt Nagy, um I'd I'd have to look it up, but I think he won, you know, twelve, thirteen games with that team early in his uh tenure and you know things you went one season well things went a little bit south and they you know i i you know coaches have to learn just like everything else so so matt was yeah he started 12 and 4 lost to the eagles that that was the double doink year and then he was 500 500 it's a hell of a lot better than they are now i i you know i'm I, i'm not saying he was great, but he's a hell of a lot better than I have since he'd left. Um, 
I think people are too quick to to pull the plug. You know, people want to, but they want to forget about it. But you know, Jody, people wanted to pull the plug on Nick at two and five because he had a bad first press conference and yeah, um um and he said flowers. You know, we're going to bloom, and people want people are throwing jerseys at him in Las Vegas, and Dom's got to you know protect him. Um, people want to forget about that and act like it didn't happen. You got to let these guys grow. I always bring up startup costs. You know that. There's startup costs with freaking coaches and GMs as well. And I talk it all the time with these young GMs in that division specifically because there's two of them. Ryan Poles, there's really three of them. Ryan Poles has stunk out the joint. Uh, Quasey has stunk out the joint. And Brad Holmes has been pretty good. But uh, even he's made some questionable decisions. Does that mean they're going to be bad forever? No, they're probably going to learn from their mistakes and get better if they get the opportunity. And and they probably won't. In the case of Ryan Poles, probably won't. From the day you were hired, the clock starts to tick. You you can build in some time. It's going to take not, not a ton of it because you're on the clock. Day number one, you're expected to get trending in the right direction. Some organizations will give you more time than others, but uh, you got to start to deliver right away when you're in that uh, position as a general manager of a team. I.E. John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Keep it right here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. 
Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac guys here on Birds 365 after a football Sunday, which Eagles didn't play because they got their game in on Thursday night against the Vikings, a W at that. So they start the year 2-0. There are already only a handful of teams that are 2-0. That's the way the schedule works. A bunch of one-on-ones, a couple bad teams, a couple teams do come out 2-0. Uh, we touched on them briefly with Jeff Kerr, and yeah, when Ed Kratz comes out, I'm going to have to do a mayor couple for him because... Sam Howell. Uh, it's still early though, Jody. But uh with with Washington, I'm sure you're gonna have some you, you might want to wait on that May couple. No, I I don't do it. If a guy plays well, I give him credit. Now, am I putting Sam Howell in Canton because of two weeks? No, I'm not an idiot, but I will give him props for the two weeks that he's had. Oh yeah, uh, he's played. I'll tell you what, Taylor Heineke couldn't put up that. Uh, you know, they're far more explosive. Um and that, that, but with Washington, Chase Young is what concerns me because if he can play, whoo, because Montez Sweat can play and Jonathan Allen can play and Deron Payne can play, that is a hell of a front. And that's what everyone projected when he came out of Ohio State. He's been a disappointment, but he looked great yesterday. And the s'mores, I only saw the end of the game and he looked tremendous, tremendous. That scares me a little bit. Yeah, and Brian Robinson played pretty well on my uh, CBS uh, show that I do on Sunday nights. I jump on with Zach Kelp for the last two hours of his eight-hour marathon show, and we give out game balls at the uh, end of his show. Uh, and we both gave a game ball to a running back, B. Robinson. Uh, I, he was going to go B. John, and I was going to go Brian. He went Brian. I went B. John. Both Robinsons played really well. Commanders had uh, two nice wins. You're right. They haven't beat a world beater yet, but a uh, win is a win is a win. And they've gotten two good wins so far. Uh, so I, I will give props. I, I do this all the time. I don't care. I'll I'll not try and make excuses or explanations. I give you props. I'm not going to go down the road with you. I'm still not sure that Sam Howell is going to be a, a multiple-year, three-year, four-year, five-year starting quarterback in this league. But – to start the season the way he has, you, you got to give him at least uh, that much uh, credit. And uh, the commanders did look okay yesterday. But part of that, again, was, again, well, here's a shot. Um, I was always a Sean Payton fan. I thought he's one of the best coaches in the National Football League. Uh, I've had him on my show a couple of times, and I think he's a smart dude. Did he tempt the football gods by just taking a shot at the former coaching staff there going the worst coaching job in the history? <laughs> Hello, coach. You're 0-2 now, and your team blew a big lead yesterday. Did he did he put the football gods on notice? Uh, I by- mean, I, I think he was telling the truth. I, I think it's ironic with coaches, you know, who do tell the truth occasionally. Very fewer and fewer do. 
um, which I think is a bad thing. But then when they do tell the truth, they get crap for telling the truth, and then they clam up and they become, you know, the uh, we got to do a better job type uh, phraseology. So it's kind of a catch-22 for those guys. But it's what I was talking about with coaches. Yeah, they still stink because they don't have a very good team, but they're, they look a heck of a lot better than they did last year. Uh, you know, Russell looks better. Um, and again, you can only elevate them. So I, my point is, I think he's still a good coach. Does the but, defense look better with Sam Howell dissecting them apart? Well, defense in this league is tough. Um, now. I, 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 God, last time I checked, defense is still 50%. That, of all the changes the game has gone through, and it does, it changes almost on a week-to-week basis, certainly a year-to-year basis. It's still offense against defense. That hasn't changed. And no, what I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm, I'm, I'm not saying defense doesn't matter. I'm saying defense is tough. It, 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 good, it used to be back in the day, I say it all the time, good defense would be good offense. Now good offense beats good defense. And I think people don't realize that. And they say, you know, like Dallas. Dallas looks like world beaters right now on the defensive side of the football. I guarantee, I don't know who, but I guarantee at some point they're going to get a 30 spot put on them and maybe even a 40 spot. And it's not because they're not good compared to everybody else. They're good. But good offense beats good defense. That's what I'm trying to say. Same thing with you. You've got a whole, a whole, basically, but platoon of Eagles fans who think their defense stunk last year. And they were number two in the NFL. And you can't convince these people. Believe me, I've tried. You can't. They stunk, Jody. They stunk. They're not watching the rest of the league. Because, you know, the numbers bear that out. It, But you are going to get gouged in this league. I don't know when it's coming, but every single defense in this league will get gouged in this era. Right, because oh. there's a percentage of Eagle fans that want to compare this year's defense to Buddy Ryan's defense, which had Reggie White and Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons and Eric Allen uh, and Byron Evans. Yeah. That you need to compare this year's Eagles defense to the other 31 teams that are in the National Football League right now, not the Eagles defense from 30 years ago. That's pretty much irrelevant, as a matter of fact. But let me repeat this because I saw it again yesterday, Johnny Mac. Um, in the National Football League, it seemed like every year for the last couple of years, and it didn't happen this year, they give you the point of emphasis something they're going to be looking to call ahead of time. And you have the calls in the preseason and they just stand out to you because you go like, well, they didn't call that before. Really? They're going to call that now. And they do it and they call it and people get up in arms about it. And then over the course of time, they kind of back off it. And they, they still call it more than they used to, but not as fervently as they do during the preseason. And it's quote unquote points of emphasis because they want to see the game change a little bit through the referees. We didn't get that speech this year. There was no real factor that they wanted to have calls made in preseason to let the teams know this is the way we'd prefer to see the game played. Kind of like this year in baseball, 
It never came out. And no one was ever able to find the memo, the email from the commissioner that said any hit that you can possibly call a hit and bypass an error, even if it looks like a blatant error, just go ahead and call it a hit so we can pump up our offensive numbers and say our game is improving on the offensive end. Uh, no one will go on record and say that they got that memo, but I know that memo exists. And I can just with my own two eyes judge and go, how the hell is that a, not an error that they keep giving guys hits? Well, here's what we've got in the National Football League this year. Uh, it, certainly on the Eagles game on Thursday night, and at least five times yesterday, I saw a play that would have blatantly been called a pass interference, uh, interference in previous years. And they're just letting them play. They're giving Good. D-backs a chance. I'm 100% on that. Let them play. I, I'm perfectly fine with it if that's what they're going to do, because you were just making a point about offense uh, dominates defense because that's the way the league has changed. And I agree with you. I think you're 100% right. Maybe the pendulum is just swinging back a little bit because uh, even the the, the two-point conversion – after Denver, yeah, that was it, a penalty. <laughs> it was a blatant penalty. Guess yeah. what? No penalty. Game's over. Was it was a pass See, I, I don't, but I don't think it's a point of emphasis. I think it's guys blowing calls. I think it's you do. Guys, you just think yeah. the referees stink. Yeah, I just think they're blowing calls. Look, one of the things I can't stand about football Sundays is going on social media and seeing all the complaints about officiating. I don't care. I don't care. They're gonna blow calls. I don't give a shit. I don't. Now, maybe it's because I've been covering this league for 25 years and I heard every single coach along the way say, control what you can control. And it seeped into my brain. They're going to blow calls. They're going to blow calls. Now, I talk about all the time. I've been, I think I was one of the first ones saying, why doesn't this league have full time officials? I think that's absurd. They can improve things. And I'll talk about stuff like that. But for people that get upset, and I get it. You know, you got a chance to tie the game, and and if you're Denver and it's a blatant missed call and it's a blatant PI, I get why that's upsetting to fans. But you know, don't put yourself in that position to let those guys blow calls because guess what, Jody? They're going to blow calls, and there sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. But again, every single coach in the history of mankind has said, "Control what you can control." I can't control a crappy call from an official, so I can't worry about it. I can't worry about it. Be it social media or be it my phone lines, either locally or nationally, what bothers me more about guys complaining about refereeing is when they complain about refereeing, but it's only in one direction. Prime example, Thursday night, Eagles versus Vikings. The the A.J. Brown uh, D-back held his arm down, didn't let him catch the football. Was it pass interference? Oh, you bet it was. But then later in the game, Evans coming over the Miami guy, uh, the, the Minnesota guy's back. First of all, he hit him two seconds before the ball got there. Yeah. Then yeah. he moved him, physically moved him out of his path with his hitting him. And then he came down and hit his arm afterwards. I thought he fouled him three times on one play, <laughs> and there was no flag whatsoever. Oh, all the calls. How did they not call that penalty against A.J. Brown? Well, you're right. They could have called a penalty. How about the penalty against Evans? Oh, good defensive play. That's where it gets ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you, well, if you're yeah. going to observe the game, observe it with both sides with the same colored glasses. 
don't just have one side. You note all the mistakes that the referee makes against your team, but the mistakes that he makes for your team. Oh, that's just a good call. That, that, that's yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, fans are only going to complain about the the calls that affect their team. I, I, that's kind of baked into it. We understand Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I love it. Like Slay last year, take a look at last year's Minnesota game when he had the great game against Jefferson. I mean, he flat out admitted to, Oh, they were letting me play. (laughs) You know, he could have had four interceptions. He could have had four PI calls if it were a different crew on a different night. And that's my concern moving forward because you mentioned that point of emphasis. I don't think it is a point of emphasis. So you're going to see ticky-tack PI calls moving forward in certain situations, and they're going to go back to these plays and say, well, you were letting them play here. No, I just think they're blowing calls. They're human beings uh, blowing calls. And I don't think it's more than that. Yeah, I, I do. I think that the, the competition committee got word to the referees that you got to cut them some more slack. We're not going to go on record. And I'll give them credit because they've done it before saying when they say they're going to make penalty calls. Well, when you're doing that, when you're changing the way you've been calling games for years, you're basically admitting a mistake. And this year they chose not to admit that mistake. But behind the scenes, I think they let them know. Well, that would, I, I, you know, I would love that actually, but that would be the first time in years that this team has tried to limit offense. It's flying in the face of their usual yeah. behavior. I get that, John, but it's been so, and again, I watch a lot of football, certainly every snap of the Eagle game and then into every snap yesterday from 12, one o'clock straight to the last snap of the Vikings and the, uh, the, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Which, oh, by the way, the Patriots came up about this short on a fourth down at the end of the game. Cole Strange. How strange is that? Cole Strange. Um, yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, I, I I, mean, I just, I never think this league is trying to limit offense. And and the minute they, they feel it limiting, you know, when defenses figure something out, they try to change that immediately. Because they need scoring. They always need scoring. I'd like a good 10-7 game, but not many people do. Um, And they're well aware of that. Well aware. I I generally agree with you, but I think this is the exception to the rule. I really do believe that they've made a conscious effort to let D-backs play a little defense this year. Um, We'll see if it continues, but that's certainly what I've seen the first two weeks of the season. All right, uh, Magamac coming back. We got more Eagles to discuss. We still got a week to go before they play their next game, but they've got some decisions to make about injured players and how they're going to handle replacing them going forward. Come on back with us here on Birds 365.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365 Eagles won on Thursday night they didn't play yesterday we're breaking down the results of all the other games around the National Football League including two Monday nighters tonight I get it this is another cash to check TV maneuver that ESPN wrote, or I should say Disney wrote a big enough check that they get two Monday night games for the price of one. I I, I didn't mind it as much when they were played like back to back. One would start at seven and the other would start at 10. Now they don't even bother with that. They're they're playing both games. They say games are being played all at the same time on Sunday. Why would we worry about that on Monday night? Because yeah. it's supposed to be special. That's what you paid that enormous amount for because you got a special game. So you're going to compete with yourself, Disney? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, we'll watch both of the Monday night games tonight to wrap up week number two. Uh, Johnny Mac, I got a question for you on the Eagles opposition these first two games. Um, Patriots and Vikings combined against the Philadelphia Eagles – in the first two games, ran 129 plays. What do you think the breakdown was run to pass on those 129 snaps versus the Eagles defense so far? Uh, A lot of passes. I don't know. Mack was in the 50s, right? So, um, and Kirk was in the 30s. Um, Well, the Vikings couldn't run the ball at all, so... They got and they got behind by twenty. So and the Patriots got behind by what sixteen? So ten nothing before you could blink. Yeah. So uh, you know it's got to be seventy five percent passing, something in that range. 
so far out of 129 plays, 98 have been passes <laughs> and only 31 have been runs. Yeah. I that's mean. huge. That's a huge differential. And you're right. Situation does dictate. And the Patriots fell behind 10 nothing quick. Uh, the Vikings chose that the running game wasn't good enough. And they were also behind, but not as badly as the Patriots were. Uh, how much is that the other team deciding our best chance to advance the football against the Philadelphia Eagles is to throw it rather than try and run it. Have the Eagles become, has the reputation become, we shouldn't try and run the ball against the Eagles? Because we wondered about that at the beginning of the season, John, just two weeks ago. We were going, yeah, they're missing both of their linebackers. We don't know what the safety is going to be. Is Reed Blankenship really going to be this good? Are teams going to be able to run the football against the Eagles? Well, the first two teams didn't even try to run the football against the Eagles. Well, I, I think part of it is, you know, and that's where you got to get down and you got to get contextual. The Patriots were missing two of their guys on the interior. They were starting two rookies um, on the offensive line. Minnesota was down two as well right, on the offensive line. I apologize for interrupting. When they drop back to pass, it's those same fill-in guys on offensive line that are protecting the quarterback. Do you know that the guys who were filling in were okay pass blockers, but lousy run blockers? Uh, have you got that no, kind of I think my hat to you, buddy, because I sure as hell don't. I think that it, it, they're probably lousy at both, but I think then it turns into, oh, you can't run the ball, so you have to pass it. Like In, in other words, I don't think either team came in saying, we're not going to run the ball. New England got down 16 nothing, and then Minnesota, every time they tried to run run it, they fumbled or, you know, they were they were going to try to run it, but they couldn't. Then they were down 27-7, and then it becomes, oh, we got to try to get back in the game, and that's pass, pass, pass. So I think, you know, I wouldn't get – the Eagles have done a tremendous job stopping the run early, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't declare it over and saying, oh, they're good against the run. Two really struggling running teams. At some point, they're going to face a team that can run the football, and we'll get a better indication of of what happens. I can't tell you when that's going to be because uh, upcoming, it doesn't look like great running teams either. Um, but you know, for those going back to you know Isaiah Pacheco gashing them in the Super Bowl or whatever. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say they fixed that just yet. Although, you know, if you ask me who the best defensive player on the Eagles has been thus far, I'm going to probably tell you um, Jalen Carter. I might tell you Josh Sweat, but number right there with them is Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has been a monster. Yeah. Uh, do, do me a favor. You got the PFF stuff. I, I would actually grade out Jordan Davis above everybody else. I think he's better than uh, he's right. He's right there with Car Carter's number one, uh, but he's like right behind him, right behind. Carter's so the number one defensive tackle and, and just for the Eagles you're talking about. Just for the Eagles. Okay. I think, well, he's probably, I'll look, I can look. He's He's got to be top two or three total, but. Um, um, let me, um, 
but yeah, those are the top two players. Like, but you know, I think Josh Sweat has been tremendous as well. Um, and 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 part of it, you know, but you also have to realize, look, you know, because uh, a lot of people are criticizing Hassan Reddick. Like, what what's going on with Hassan Reddick? What's this? And part of it is probably overall. And they don't have the grades in from yesterday, so it doesn't matter yet. But coming into yesterday, Jalen was number two and Jordan was number six overall um, in the entire league. So, but, you know, again, when we talk about that was going to be one of the best matchups of the entire game on Thursday night was going to be Sweat against Darasol. For people who don't know, in Philadelphia, Darasol is a tremendous left tackle. Um, sprained his ankle, looked like he was going to play. They activated him, tweaked his ankle in, in, in pregame, couldn't play, and all of a sudden they have the backup out there, and Josh just beat him like a drum. Whereas Reddick's playing against Brian O'Neill, for those who don't know, he might be the second best right tackle in football behind Lane Johnson. He's really good. So you got one guy playing against a really good player and another guy playing against a backup who's probably a bad backup, forget about being a starter. And one guy took advantage of it, as he should, because he's a real good player. But then I think people don't realize what Reddick was against, and he still did some nice things. Um, you know, so all that stuff, those, you talk about the problems with PFF grades, those are the biggest problems. Like, it doesn't take into that context. Like that, Josh is beaten, you know, a, a backup player, or Jalen Carter's beaten a rookie. He's a rookie himself, so it shouldn't matter. But they just dominate because that's. But there is a context to it where people always boil it down to the quarterbacks, right, Jody? They say Eagles can't play against good quarterbacks. Guess what? Nobody can play against good players. That's why they're good players. You, Micah Parsons is phenomenal. Right. The Eagles are the Micah best. Parsons? Nobody yeah. stops Micah yeah. Parsons. The Eagles are the best at doing it. They have been since he got in the league because they have Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata. They're the best, but he's gotten them as well early in his career. Uh, Nick Sirianni, when they got beat by a drum in, in, in Dallas. Nobody plays well against Micah Parsons. Nobody. So that's not baked into the grades. So, you know, I I just throw that out there as sort of an explanation. It is. But I I saw those numbers. uh, Our buddy Ruben Frank posted those numbers about what the opposition has done against Eagles. And they are stark that a team, as the two teams have tried to pass the ball as much as they have, um, I, I just wanted to get your take because you're a Jordan Davis guy. You, you've been, since the day was drafted, this guy's not going to necessarily put up stats. But believe me when I tell you, he's going to be a dominant force on the defensive line because he's going to draw to. And the average football fan has trouble comprehending that. The importance of drawing two guys to let allow other players to make team. You want a stat you can stink, sink your teeth into. How many tackles did you get? How many sacks did you get? How many pressure did you get? Jordan Davis doesn't usually accumulate those stats. Oh, he has this year. He's already getting sacked. He's already getting pressures. Stuff he didn't necessarily do last year. So that's why I'd say that, yeah, he's having just as good a start as, as Jalen Carter. And Carter's getting a lot of credit as he should. 
the Eagles for the first couple of games have gotten phenomenal defensive tackle play, and they're going to continue to need that. Um, I do want to uh, touch on a couple other games that came down yesterday. I know this will uh, get the attention level of some Eagle fans. The mustache getting a W for Shane Steichen yesterday. How about Gardner Minshew coming off the bench? Yeah. Putting up good numbers, 19 of 20, 19 of 23 for Gardner yesterday. That's like the Jets game. He was 20. Yeah, he, he had a great game against the Jets. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, hey, I think the Eagles downgraded at backup quarterback. I continue to say it. Um, I think Gardner was a good backup. Uh, but, you know, it, it, and – I feel bad for, you know, Richardson was looking really good um, and obviously gets a concussion on a touchdown, by the way. Um, and I think there's another guy. I think, like, I have a lot of respect for Shane, as you know. I think Richardson's in a good spot for a young quarterback. Uh, we'll see how it develops. Um but yeah, good for Shane. And and I saw DeForest Buckner, they put it up, gave him the game ball. So, you know, um, you know, he's worth that that's probably the more important part of being a head coach in this league is being being the leader. Um and if you get your guys playing for you, um and that defense is probably better than people realize, Indianapolis. They the Eagles struggled against that team badly last year in Indy. If you remember guys like Buckner and uh, Zaire Franklin, um, they're good players. So. How'd the Eagles, uh, and again, some people put more emphasis on this than others. How'd the Eagles do against their defense in the joint practice this year? Uh, pretty well. Uh, um, uh, it, there was only one um, and they, they handled them pretty soundly. Except for Zaire, Zaire was giving him trouble um, both ways. He was uh, a pain in the ass instigator as well. Started a bunch of fights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they handled him pretty well. The only and and again, they had the two against Cleveland. When Moss was there, they did not handle it well. Again, good players. That, that, that another example of my good player argument. They could not do anything on day one against Cleveland uh, with Miles Garrett out there destroying plays. And the next day, he tweaked something, didn't practice the next day, and all of a sudden they were fine. Mm -hmm. That's that. I mean, good players are good players. Great players are great players in the case of Miles. Um, and he's a great player. So that's how that's how different things can be. Yeah, I'm going to wait an extra week before I say that the Colts defense might be better. With I think Colts defense is actually pretty bad, and I think it will be bad. Shoot, yesterday, drowned through for 300 and change. They just uh, weren't able to uh, uh, finish drives and stuff like that. I, I think Shane stuck with a pretty bad defense, but Gardner did the job coming off the bench, and this will annoy you fans. Gardner Minshew this year is playing for $3.5 million. Marcus Mariota this year is playing for $5 million. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles are paying more money to Marcus Mariota than the Colts are paying to Gardner Minshew. 
he left just because he thought he had a chance to play more in Indianapolis, right, John? Yeah, pretty much. And he has, by the way. He's already played. Yeah. You know, because Anthony, now his thought process was it might take Richardson some time to ramp up. That didn't turn out to be the case. But, bang, he's already injured, uh, you know, week two. And as you mentioned, 19 to 23, well, that's more he would have played here over the first two weeks. So it's working out for him. But here's just a little, little hint to our boy Gardner, if he's watching this morning. And I hear he's a big Birds 365 fan, was a lo- loyal streamer during his time here in Philadelphia. Next year, when you pick a team, pick a team with a quarterback already in place. I know it's going to be a hit to your psyche that you, you don't think about number two. You don't go to the bathroom because you don't think number two. Because you did that in Jacksonville, that didn't pan out. You got replaced by Trevor Lawrence. You did that in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts developed into an MVP-type quarterback. You went to Indianapolis, and they said, yeah, you know what? Week one, let's go with that Anthony Richardson kid, as green as he might be. Uh, guess what? You're the backup again. Go somewhere this upcoming offseason where they've got an older quarterback, the unquestioned starter, so you are number two, sorry to tell you, Gardner, but the potential of injury is there that you can step in and become their quarterback. Now, I know Richardson, you got a chance to play yesterday. Chances are he's walking into Shane Steichen's office at some point this afternoon and asking the same question. He asked Nick Sirianni, what do I have to do to be the starting quarterback of the team? And Shane will give the same answer that Nick did. Not happening. Sorry, Gardner, not happening. You're not going to be the Um, starter, but thank you for yesterday's And I was talking about it a little bit with Zach Wilson. Well, that's one of the things I like about Gardner Minshew. He's got this tremendous, tremendous confidence that he probably shouldn't have. Um, and I like that. I like it, um, I, especially in a backup who, you know, he's got some limitations, obviously. Um, but he thinks he's um, a star. And I like that. Uh, he, the, some other people may say it's not realistic. It's not realistic, but I guarantee you, if you're competent in yourself, you're going to play better than if you're not competent in yourself. So I think he gets a little bit more out of what he should because of that competence. Here's where you and I kind of agree and, and where, where we'll part ways. Confidence is phenomenal. You need confidence. You can't be a winning quarterback in the National Football League without confidence. By the time you get to the National Football League, you shouldn't have to have your confidence propped up. You shouldn't have to have your coaches tell you how good you are and how great you'll be and uh, the faith that they have in you. You should already be at that level by the time you make it to the National Football League. Yeah, but I'm not talking about people propping you up. I'm talking about getting a player to the point where he's comp. That might be you know, getting him to the point where he mm-hmm. understands the scheme, where he understands where the ball's supposed to go, where he understands the philosophy and he's not thinking and he's not, um, and all of a sudden it creeps in because he doesn't have success, then it creeps into his his psyche. It's not about rah-rah, you know, high school propping up a kid who can't play. It's about putting them in positions to where they're competent um, in what they're going to do. And I think a lot of teams don't uh, do that with their quarterbacks. And some teams, starting with Andy Reid, and then I go down, some teams do it very well. 
some organizations do it very well. And then it goes in. I think the Eagles are certainly top five-ish in that area. Um, they're top five-ish in a lot of areas. Uh, but I think some of those bottom five teams, they can destroy young quarterbacks. And it it's not about patting them on the back. It's about getting them competent in the offense and teaching them and, and, and making things – you know, sort of second nature is what I'm talking about. No, uh, and I think there are some guys that just, no matter what uh, coaching staff does with them, if you don't have certain uh, capabilities, if you don't have it uh, up here between the years and, and your ability to do certain things, just not going to happen no matter how well, uh, that's true. You got to be mentally you may tough. be in other areas. You got to be mentally tough. From everybody on down, Patrick Mahomes gets criticized by some knuckleheads. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning used to get criticized. Oh, you can't win. Aaron Rodgers could only win one Super Bowl. You got to be mentally tough because it doesn't matter how good you are. People are going to take shots at you constantly, constantly. So, you, yeah, I mean, that's built in. You got to be mentally tough to play in the NFL as a whole, but especially uh, – the quarterback position quarterback position you have to have that toughness otherwise you got no shot he's john mcmullen i'm johnny mcdonald we'll come back put a bow on the show here on bird street 65 You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. 
Visit flywithcolony.com. Guys, here on Bridge 365, coming down the home stretch. Um, John, you said earlier in the show you didn't have the Eagles schedule yet for the week. Do you even have the Eagles schedule yet for today? No. <laughs> Nick Sirianni is going to talk to you guys at some point virtually. You don't know what time it's going to be. I do not, as of right now. Nothing official. Okay. Um, I, Welcome I, to my life, Joe. I am not going to suggest a question you should ask because that's your job, and you only get the one shot. So you got. No, no, make... I take it back. I have to apologize. It is twelve fifteen. Twelve fifteen. Okay, so the Eagles have uh, sent you yeah. out. All right, I, I have to uh, apologize. That's fine. Um, uh, so I'm not going to uh, try and influence you in any way. I'm just going to ask you a question as to whether you think it will be asked or not. Will someone get to this? By the way. How much time do you think Sirianni's going to give you? 15 minutes. 15. Okay. In that 15 minutes, will the question be asked, is Nicholas Morrow going to wear the green dot again this week? Last week, uh, the week before, Dreed Blankenship, after Nicobe went out, had it. And um, last week, of course, they get Morrow elevated because Dean's out for the practice squad. Oh, by the way, he played pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you that Nicholas Morrow is a guy. If we're going to call Kaiser White from last year, a guy, solid player, does the job, not going to wow anybody, but uh, does his job. I'd say the same thing about Nicholas Morrow in the way that he played uh, last week. Is he going to be the green dot guy, or do you think they'll go to Reed if he's back ready to go? It's usually a safety or a linebacker. Who do you think gets the dot with? Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it will be asked uh, because Nick's going to have the green dot. Um, it, you know, when when N'Kobe went down, you could have three. I think you could have three players designated to wear the communication device. Then they went to Christian Ellis, actually. Um, and then Reed uh, had it occasionally when they took uh, when they took one of the when they took Christian off the field. So it wasn't like he had it. He was sort of like the secondary um, guy. Um, and that'll be the case again. Presumably he's going to be back. So if Nick isn't on the field, Nick Morrow, then he'll take over the green dot. But Nick Morrow will be there. Do you the think they dot. just think linebackers are better suited to do that than safety? Well, Yes, I mean traditionally that's the way it's done, but um, it's not like it has to be done that way. Um, it's probably more. I, I I think it's overrated. You know, that comes from my dealings with Jim Schwartz on the matter. Um, said, "Can they repeat what I say?" <laughs> that's basically the extent of of the green dot. Now things have changed a little bit. If I saw a lot of movement, of correction, of, of 
you know, back in the older days where middle linebackers would, would get defensive linemen lined up in the right gap. If, if there were, but everything's so structured now, it's like, all right, your nose, your shade, your poor eye. Um, there's not a lot of that. So it becomes just repeating the defensive call and it could be Morrow. It could be, uh, Kobe, it could be Ellis, it could be Reed Blankenship, it could be it could be Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham was a middle linebacker for a long time. So um I think it's overrated to begin with. And yeah, Nick's gonna be the guy. And when he's not on the field, it's gonna be Reed then at that point. Is what you're telling me, John McMullen, that the green dot guy is not allowed to audible out of 40 hertz in his new no. <laughs> no. He better just no. repeat it verbatim as to what uh, the defense coordinator yeah, tells Yeah, him. the days of audibleizing defenses are long gone. That that doesn't happen anymore. No. Not too many quarterbacks do it, uh, so they sure as hell are not going to do it on the defensive side. All right, uh, we'd be running out of time. Uh, we thank Jeff Kerr for hopping on board. Uh, we'll try and get you two good guests up tomorrow. Uh, Johnny Mac, uh, we'll see if uh, Nick's or anything says anything of consequence you don't think you're going to get an injury update today do you i think he'll admit nicobe uh nicobe uh avante's done for the season i think he will admit that uh torn peck um but that's about it anything you know week to week like reed he's not going to say anything because right, if they want to um who'd you give us again to begin i apologize the uh, elder uh, slot corner, who you like? Chris Harris. Chris Harris. If they want to sign Chris Harris and get him in here, and actually, this would be a good idea. Get him in here and get him into the system ASAP. If you're gonna do something like that, well, if you do that, you're gonna have to announce that Maddox is at least going to IR. You could. Well, that that that'll happen Wednesday when they get back on the practice field. Uh, that, that he'll probably admit. Um, He'll probably admit, as I said, that Abate's out. Um, they probably, they might put him on IR quicker, but they probably won't do it till Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It all depends on uh, if you're bringing in someone from outside the organization to either replace him or at least uh, get in the line for who's going to be the slot corner for the Eagles going forward. All right, uh, we're back here tomorrow to talk about that and all things Eagle as well. Johnny Mack, you're good to go, manana? Uh, yeah, let's do it. McMullen and McDonald back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.